Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Super Mercado Brothers Video Game Music Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us, guys. This is the podcast where we share and discuss the very best in video game music. My name is Carl Brueggemann. And I'm his brother, Will Brueggemann. Today on the podcast, we're going to be looking at the Mario RPG games. Carl, do you want to tell us a little bit about what our listeners can expect from today's episode? Yeah, this is going to be so fun. Today is another Patreon requested episode. So some of you guys know... uh, one of the tiers, one of the reward tiers for our Patreon is that if you hit one of the tiers, you get to request an episode topic that we have to commit to doing. So typically someone will give us a few different options and we'll pick one that we want to commit to. So this was such a topic. Uh, Alex was the one who suggested this. So shout out to Alex. Hopefully you're going to enjoy this episode. Uh, His idea was, uh, you know, called Mario RPG, but you would include things, uh, obviously include tracks from the original Super Mario RPG for the Super NES. But he also thought it'd be cool to include something from the Paper Mario series as well as the Mario and Luigi series. So really, you can think of this whole episode is Mario RPGs, you know, however you want to describe them, because those are all Mario RPGs. They all kind of seem related, even though they each kind of have their little sub-series. Um, but yeah, we're going to be playing music from um, all of those series today. So really, it's almost like a Yoko Shimomura spotlight episode. I think about 14 out of the 20 tracks we're playing today are composed by Yoko Shimomura. And, and so that's always going to mean it's a good playlist when you have that much Yoko in your face. So I can't wait for this episode. So hopefully you guys will enjoy this. Um, so yeah, the, we're going to start, we're pretty much going to go chronologically through the games that we're going to be featuring today. There's a couple that we're, that we're leaving out, but let's obviously start with Super Mario RPG Legend of the Seven Stars. So this was composed by Yoko Shimomura, came out for the Super NES in 1996, and it was kind of a crossover game between Nintendo and Square. There's actually a few Final Fantasy tracks that are kind of hidden in this in the score, which is kind of fun. Uh, but yeah, really, really awesome game, really colorful. We're going to be playing, I think, 10 or 9, yeah, sorry, 9 tracks from this game. So we'll do that first, and then we'll move on to some of the other titles, some of the other well, it's funny, RPG the, titles. We actually... Carl and I actually kind of, if I remember correctly, had an idea to do an episode like this potentially for I think a so. future Nintendo month. We had talked about including, um, you know, not just Mario RPG, but, you know, like Paper Mario and the Mario and Luigi games because they all have really good music um, and yeah. they all sort of share mechanics. And I think it's just, it's perfect timing to do this episode today because, I mean, at the time of recording, only recently, I believe it was January 22nd. Um, at least in the U.S., uh, the new game uh, Mario and Luigi Paper Jam Bros, which is a crossover between the Mario Luigi games and the Paper Mario series. So it's really cool to kind of having the connection between all these different um, games and these sort of different sub-series. Yeah. The fact that, you know, they're just a game that... The fact that a game just came out that is doing that, it seems fitting. No, absolutely. And I mean... We are going to play one track late, late, late in, in the playlist from that new game, Mario and Luigi Paper Jam, and that's also Yoko Shimomura. So she really, um, I don't know, she really kind of has obviously established the tone of RPG Mario music, but I don't know, it just feels like she's kind of the, the, the one you always want to go back to. Definitely did, I think, the best work 
in any of these titles. So let's start off with what well, you guys heard playing in. That was Where Am I Going? Which is a great, I, I feel like we may have featured that in a short-looped episode, if I'm not mistaken, but it's such a wonderful track to kind of get you in the mood to start an adventure. So we're now going to play another track from uh, near the beginning of this game. This is Hello Happy Kingdom, composed by Yoko Shimomura from Super Mario RPG. <laughs> You guys are listening to Hello Happy Kingdom. This is from Super Mario RPG, composed by the wonderful Yoko Shimomura. Now, I remember reading an interview uh, slightly after this game came out, uh, Yoko Shimomura really saying that this was kind of a turning point for her career. Uh, I think as far as just the number of tracks that she had to compose... It was probably the biggest game that she had worked on at this point. Um, and I know there was a lot of pressure you know, working on it. And she, she worked really hard and she did a great job with this. And when you think about her style, you know, nowadays I feel like she's kind of almost the go-to person for really colorful, um, imaginative RPGs, you know, something like Kingdom Hearts, you know, series like that. She's just, um, I don't know, her, her style is so natural for games like that. So I don't know, it was really cool to see her kind of open up and go into a new direction because it's so different from some of her early work. For sure, yeah. I mean, I think when I think of some of her early music, it's kind of fitting into the pocket of that video game sound. Um, But what I think she really is great at is um, she clearly has a knowledge of classical music and kind of a love of it. And even in a piece like this, which is very kind of silly and over the top, um, it's approached very much with a classical form and with kind of, I don't know, that type of thinking in mind in terms of... um, just the nature of the melody, some of the ornamentations, and even, you know, after we have that B section, when we're yeah. reintroduced with, uh, there's that kind of third section. Mm-hmm. It almost becomes a little bit like fugal or like counterpoint where you just take that that main little motif of the melody um, and just kind of expand it sort of freely. Yeah. And I mean, that... It, it doesn't necessarily that part doesn't necessarily sound like classical music but some of those same ideas are sort of at play she uses classical techniques all over the soundtrack and really all over her body of work uh but you know what's so cool is you know i'm very will and myself are very familiar with this soundtrack and it definitely has its own sound but what's fun is when you listen to more recent entries uh something like you know mario and luigi dream team 
or you know even Paper Jam, you still hear kind of that same style that she went for in this game. She goes back to it nowadays. So it's really cool that a composer can be working in a series for so long. Uh, so now let's move on to uh, this is one of the battle themes. There's a lot of different uh, battle themes in this game. This is Fight Against an Armed Boss from Mario RPG. You guys are listening to Fight Against an Armed Boss from Super Mario RPG, composed by the wonderful Yoko Shimomura. This one is really kind of uh, devious, and I don't know, it's, it just has a lot more character than um, the track I think we played. You know, I think this one is just kind of letting you know that, okay, this is an RPG, so this track wouldn't really fit in um, a mainline Mario game of this era. There really wouldn't be a place for it, maybe in like a cutscene or something. But I don't know, this is definitely, this is RPG music right here. I agree, yeah. This reminds me of something that you would get like from Uematsu. Uh, a lot of that kind of quirky, melodic writing. Uh, it's really good. I mean, I think the choice of like mm-hmm. the clarinet, um, to me, really fits this type of uh, uh, a melody. I think the things that we're talking about are just some of those giant leaps that kind of lead into like... Uh, chromatic lower neighbor tones like there's a lot of that kind of stuff going on where there are these big kind of leaps into kind of awkward notes yeah. uh, so to speak but I, in in this context I think it really works well because the thing that we have to remember is that this is a this is a boss battle theme and it's I, I think it's sort of a way of making the combat system which can seem maybe a little bit antiquated or overwhelming and threatening to some people because I imagine you know one of the reasons of making Mario RPG was to introduce p- possibly like younger players to this genre and so I think there's a conscious effort um, for most of the music for the boss battles to not seem threatening in fact yeah. the first time you encounter a boss you get that really positive and this is obviously yeah, so you know, a little bit darker than mm-hmm. that but it's still it's still playful and fun it's not really trying to be too imposing or threatening well now let's move on to a very classical uh, piece of music this is still the road is full of dangers let's take a listen Thank you. 
awesome melody there. You guys are listening to Still the Road is Full of Dangers from Super Mario RPG composed by Yoko Shimomura. Uh, there is a track earlier on in the game called The Road is Full of Dangers, so this is Still the Road is Full of Dangers. Will, are there any other series of video games that this music kind of reminds you of? You know, when you think about this kind of colorful... Uh, it, it is Mario-themed music, but it it's just ha- has a little bit of a different vibe to it. Is there any other series that this kind of reminds you of? Well, I think I kind of get what you're hinting at, that it sort of sounds like Mario Kart a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it's like... Uh, it's just, I don't know, there's something about it, it's, it's like Mario Light, you know what I'm saying? Sure. It's not necessarily following maybe the melodic traditions of Koji Kondo, but the vibe has to be there, it has to be fun and um, colorful, and I think that's what it, that's what this is doing. Well, well, I think the biggest thing is about how the gameplay works and how the music works with the game because you know when i think of typical mario platforming it, it's action oriented it's it's more about the actions yeah. you're doing the jumping you know the running it, it's a little bit more visceral so the music can kind of be more fast paced and cool and groovy and everything i mean you know it's still very cute and fun and melodic um oh yeah but i feel like with this it, it's more concerned about having a very carefree tone because when you think about the actual gameplay carefree is a good way to describe most it. of it is just sort of walking around towns talking to people and running into an mm-hmm. enemy and then using like you know that turn-based kind of text box style of gameplay to make decisions exactly. it's not like an action game so i think the music is a little bit more carefree in just really trying to make you feel like you're having fun and that everything is you know unintimidating well, it's also kind of humorous. The game is very funny. There's really solid writing and, and good jokes and stuff. So the music is kind of winking. The game, I don't know, the, the entire game is almost like winking at the player in, in a good way. Especially when this game came out in 96. It felt kind of ahead of the time. I think the thing, to me, I think the thing that's closest to Mario in this soundtrack is actually just the instruments that Yoko is using. Mm. It's that really quirky amalgamation of instruments and synth sounds and weird samples that just it feels like it's of (laughs) that world of the mushroom kingdom you know the mixture of mallet percussion and goofy almost like voice like sounds and flutes and electric bass all these things it just it kind of reminds me of like the quirkiness of like the mario world games yeah i think so too well this is a funny i like the track title of this next one this is called Here's some weapons from Mario RPG. good using that theme that we first heard in the fight against an armed boss she uses this theme a lot in the, in the score really it's kind of snarly devious will was saying this kind of reminded him of some tracks from chrono trigger just really reminds me of square rpg music well what are some things that you enjoy about um what she's doing with the melody that we already heard in, in this track totally i again it just it um all of those intervals are really kind of evocative and 
have this sort of campy, goofy, devious, it, you know, it's like the way a villain would be portrayed in an old cartoon. You know, it, it's clearly sure. not trustworthy, but it's not all that dangerous. It's not all that no. threatening. You know, it, it's very silly. It's, I mean, it's way less threatening than even like Bowser is portrayed in the mainline Mario games. I mean, like whenever he gets a theme, yeah. you know, the music in most mainline Mario games plays it pretty straight, I, I would say, even though it's fun and melodic um it's definitely the music in mario is not tongue-in-cheek at all where i think here there's a little bit more of that self-awareness and i think that's the one thing that we notice whenever uh in any of the side games or oftentimes when other composers are brought to the series or even games like this or like nintendo um you get more of that tongue-in-cheek thing, similar to something like Banjo-Kazooie. I mean, I really love her melody writing, though, here. This reminds me, this track and this melody, it reminds me of something out of, like, Chrono Trigger. I mean, I agree with what <laughs> you said earlier, Carl, about how it just feels right at home in an RPG. It really does. Well, we have, I think, about four more tracks from this first game before we move on to some of the other entries in this, I guess, series. It's, it's, it's kind of hard. You know, there's there's a Paper Mario series, there's the Mario and Luigi series, and then there's this original game, Mario well, RPG. Well, that's what's cool about Paper Jam is it, it does sort of bring all the worlds yeah. together. Because I really think Mario and Luigi, that's sort of the spiritual successor to Mario RPG, and so is Paper Mario. You know, they're all born from the mechanics of this first game. You know, they, they wouldn't yeah. exist if it wasn't for Mario RPG. So it's fitting to sort of play all these games together. Yeah, well, this next one is a beautiful theme that Will and I are very big fans of. We love this track. This is Sad Song from Super Mario RPG. That's a great melody right there. You guys are listening to Sad Song from Super Mario RPG, composed by Yoko Shimomura. Man, yeah, this is definitely a standout. But again, you know, this is kind of almost winking at the player. You know, it's called Sad Song. So what she's doing is she's using classical music, and she's actually writing an authentic melody something that is tragic but it's actually used for comedic purposes in the game and i think that's you know we've talked about that before where really the funniest thing you can do is write something earnest that actually is taken seriously and when that's juxtaposed with humor that is almost you know better than if you're just writing something just kind of goofy and obnoxious Oh, absolutely. You know, I mean, I think we talked about her classical influence before, but I think this track um, is probably the um, the most straightforward example of it and maybe her entire career. Yeah. I mean, it really, I mean, it's a minuet. It, it This could have, um, I mean, I'm not going to say it could have been written by Schubert, but it's completely in that style. It's using those limitations and yeah. the restraints of you know, the late classical period. I mean, this sounds like it was written in, you know, 1801. <laughs> I mean, it's, it, 
it's a really wonderful piece of music and I think it has an incredible melody on top of that. Uh, I, I personally, my favorite section of it is the yeah, so gorgeous, really beautiful. And the, the other thing is it's not just a good melody and like vaguely classical, the, the way she's accompanying it harmonically, you can tell that this was composed very thoughtfully at the piano and inputted to sound exactly like it was being performed on the piano. It wasn't just a good melody that kind of had, you know, generic fill in the blank, um, chords. It was very thoughtfully composed. You know, it's probably written out exactly like, you know, a minuet. I mean, imagine at some point, um, Yoko had to do like something like this for a project in school. And this is probably just a reflection of her training. And she was probably excited to get to use some of those Mm -hmm. skills that she learned. Absolutely. Yeah, no, really, really impressive stuff. She has, she has those chops for sure. Now we're going to move on to a really beautiful track. This is Welcome to Booster Tower. I'm a really big fan of this melody. I like how it repeats, uh, you know, the use of repetitions, you know, certain notes repeat, certain notes change. Chord progression is, uh, you know, features some classical influence, but a little bit more pop, um, maybe even like some tango. Um, influence as well. Just a nice mixture here. Uh, Let's take a listen to a track that I don't think we've played on the podcast before. This is Welcome to Booster Tower. pretty interesting piece of music you guys are listening to welcome to booster tower from mario rpg this one went into some directions that i was not expecting uh, upon first listen well what are your um, um impressions of this track welcome to booster tower i really like it uh, again i'm just reminded of i love kind of these instruments i mean everything sounds pretty uh you know, serious and kind of above board. I mean, we have strings, we have mm-hmm. harp, we have tambourine, but then you have that like synth bass, which is again, <laughs> that's kind of one foot into the world, the sort of Sonic world that Koji Kondo created. Not talking about the character of Sonic, of course, talking about just like the, <laughs> Audio, the sound yeah. language that he yeah created in Super Mario, Mario world, world, which I mean, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I'm just so fascinated by that idea of, because the Super Nintendo is weird, you know, getting to use these sort of primitive sound samples a lot of game composers you know they weren't necessarily ready to think well oh what is the real world approximation of the stuff that we've been doing and i think i don't know koji kondo touched on something that i think really invigorated everyone's imaginations not just the players but clearly composers Mm. i mean we have people like soyo oka and yoko shimomura um sort of following in those footsteps and i don't know i I like that yoko kind of keeps one foot in that uh quirky sound set Cool. Well, now we're going to move on to the next track we're going to play today from Super Mario RPG. This one is called Let's Do the Fuka Fuka. (laughs) 
Strong melody there. You guys are listening to Let's Do the Fuka Fuka from Super Mario RPG composed by Yoko Shimomura. I don't know, really, not, the way that that flute melody really kind of carries on top of everything else, it's, it's really clear and present. You can hear it really well. Um, I'm a really big fan of the syncopated rhythms underneath, kind of a, a Latin-based right. rhythm that you hear in the you know rhythm section. It feels like it's an eight-eight because you have like two patterns of three yes. and then one of two. One, two, three. One, two, yes. three. One, two. One, two, three. One, two, three. Even though it has an really even number stuff. of beats, it's sort of divided in an asymmetrical way. Absolutely, man. That's exactly what I was thinking the first time I heard this. Really catchy, though. You know, it's cool. We got to today. We get to play some tracks that we've never played from Mario RPG before, which is so fun. You know, the classics. You know, things like Sad Song and Hello Happy, King- Hello Happy Kingdom. You know, we've obviously played those before, and there's some other ones that we've played multiple times. Actually, it's funny. Last week, we played probably the best song, maybe, from the score, which was that Beware the Forest Mushrooms. We're not going right. to play that two weeks in a row, obviously. You know, I really love... The chord progression that she's touching on here actually reminds me more of Zelda than it does of Mario. I can um, hear that. It, what essentially I'm talking about is starting at the one chord and then going to the flat seven and the flat six, which are two chords that are outside of the key. And it almost mm-hmm. makes it sound like modal or like there's all this modulating happening. Um, but it's something Koji Kondo does a lot. I mean, you think of something oh, yeah. like uh, the Kokiri the Kokiri Forest and mm-hmm. Ocarina of Time. Well, that's I mean, funny. There's countless examples. It's it's actually the technique I did. I wrote a song called Kondo-esque, which was kind of trying to be like a, a Zelda song. And I did that exact same chord progression too. Right. Really effective. Uh, awesome. We're going to move on to one last track today from Super Mario RPG. This is, uh, I think, one of the pieces uh, near the end of the game. This is Seeing Dreams Through the Window of the stars. You guys are listening to Seeing Dreams Through the Window of the Stars. Beautiful piece. Gorgeous stuff here from Super Mario RPG for the SNES composed by Yoko Shimomura, the last track that we're going to be uh, featuring today from this game. Will, is there anything that stood out to you um, about this track? Well, I love how sweet it is. Um, I mean, the addition of that kind of chimey uh, um, music box instrument, um, it really makes it feel like it's sort of a lullaby for children. There's a lot of influences I kind of hear in this track. I mean, I think she comes from a classical school of thought, and that's sort of always there. But I think you can also hear some of the influences of just a lot of 
really prolific Japanese composers. I mean, the kind of thing that you get in anime or people like Joe Hisaishi, film composers, and also in J-pop, you know, pop music. I hear some of those influences and the chords and certain melodic rhythms. I think it's great. I think it fits well in this game, and it's great for the Mario series. It's sort of it is. definitely fitting that emotional tone, I think. Well, now we're going to move on, you know, from Super Mario RPG to some other games in the series or multiple series here. This is really the next game we have to talk about. It's Paper Mario. It launched this kind of sub-series. This came out for the Nintendo 64, and it was composed by Yuka Sujioko, and you'll know that name if you're a fan of the Fire Emblem series, because she is the Fire Emblem composer, as well as Tashi Senda. Those were the composers that worked on Paper Mario. Now, Paper Mario was released in 2000 and it was really advanced you know it just looked amazing one of those uh, multiple examples in this era you know starting with Yoshi's Island continuing to, to something like the Wind Waker where you have a specific art style that really never ages it's so brilliant you know unlike you know early kind of 3D technology rendering this is something where you know if you have a game that looks like it's you know paper cutouts that's always going to look good right. <laughs> and that's what I think is so brilliant about uh, the art style here well because the something just about the nintendo 64 is the way that they accomplished a lot of the 3d is yes they had polygons but they also still had a lot of sprites i mean like if you think of goldeneye every image of like the gun or the hand it's a 2d image you're seeing a sequence of like yeah. two-dimensional sprites you know that are altering it's not a 3d model and that's why those textures are able to be more complicated and what's cool is since mm-hmm. you want it to look like paper and paper mario you can have these detailed things it's not blocky you know mario looks like this sort of curved smooth paper cutout it looks um, really so good. again it's like it, they, they kind of probably realized hey a lot of times when we're doing these things to simulate 3d it kind of looks flat it looks like a piece of paper Mm -hmm. and so i imagine you know someone at nintendo had the idea of hey wouldn't it be really cool if we made them all like paper dolls and then the game like you mentioned it it would kind of be a little bit ageless because it's sort of um it does feel like a spiritual successor to super mario rpg especially with the sense of humor really solid writing in this game as well let's take a listen to one of the first things you hear this is story of the stolen spirits from paper mario guys are listening to story of the stolen spirits it's getting a little more intense here uh this is from paper mario for the n64 this is composed by yuka tsujioko as well as taishi senda will what are your thoughts on let's talk about obviously the first kind of opening lullaby there 
some pretty chords. I love it. I really, yeah, the chords are beautiful. Um, the melody's really solid. What's fun is uh, this is still, this is being scored the way, you know, any Nintendo composer would, um, even though I, I don't necessarily associate, you know, these two as being like, you know, heavy hitters. No, not at all. Um, the way that a sequence like this is scored is similar to the way, you know, I mean, you think about the opening of Wind Waker having these sort of different sections, more pleasant sounding things, and then changing tone. I mean, the use of... Yeah, well, I mean, um, this track uh, feels fairly reminiscent of other Nintendo composers, but for the most part, if you listen to the... I mean, I'll be the first to admit, I'm not a huge fan of the Paper Mario 1 soundtrack, uh, but really, when you listen to most of the score, it's approached so differently, and really, a lot of that is probably because this was developed by a different company. This is Intelligent Systems. This is not a Nintendo game. It's What's published funny by is Nintendo, now when I think but of it's a n- different group of people. It's funny, though. When I think of Intelligent Systems now, I, I mean, I think of them as people that have just incredibly talented composers because, I mean, one of the greatest Intelligent mm-hmm. Systems games um, is Super Metroid. And obviously, sure. you know, Kenji Yamamoto and Nanako Amano, I think they work for Nintendo. Um, but... Yep. Now, recently, when I think of games like uh, Pushmo and Crashmo and Pushmo World that just have brilliant, amazing music, I mean, (laughs) it's kind of interesting to see. I mean, maybe that's something that, you know, sort of a changing of the guard over the years. Yeah, it could be. Well, so we're going to move on to the sequel. Um, This soundtrack, I thought, was a little bit stronger. This is Paper Mario, The Thousand Year Door. It's the sequel to the first game, and this came out for the GameCube, and this is a pretty cool soundtrack. We also have Yuka Sujioko coming back, but now we have a different composer uh, joining her. We have Yoshido Horano. So we're going to play two tracks from this game, and we're also going to play another opening uh, track from this game. This is Story of the Thousand Year Door. Here we go. Beautiful track. You guys are listening to Story of the Thousand Year Door from Paper Mario, The Thousand Year Door. And this is composed by Yoshito Hirano and Yuka Sujioko. Really beautiful. I really thought that, you know, for both of these two games, the openings were some of the strongest melodies that I heard while I was listening. So this is, oh, this is so good. Really pretty stuff. Yeah, I've never heard this one before. So this is nice. Isn't this great? 
Yeah, you know, it's interesting. We were talking about intelligent systems. You know, uh, pretty much every game that Yuka Tsujiyoko has ever done has been developed by intelligent systems. She is an intelligent systems employee. You know, all of the Fire Emblem stuff that came before this was intelligent systems. Uh, y- you know, you know what's interesting is there are early examples. You know, a game like Soccer for the NES was developed by intelligent systems, but Koji Kondo did that score well i mean intelligent systems is like owned by it it's right i think it's one of the because there's like you know they 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 divide all their different teams or studios and there's their different like r&d research and development teams and i think intelligent Mm -hmm. systems is the name of one of those research and development teams but it's sort of branched off to kind of become its own entity similar to i imagine something like what like factor five was or retro studios well I mean, I do think they have a little bit more independence because right. they're definitely uh, it's affiliated with Nintendo. Right. But, I mean, they're um, owned I don't by think they're, Nintendo. Right. Yeah. I think originally they may have been headquartered maybe in the same in the same place, but I think they moved uh, later. So cool. We're going to play one more track from the Thousand Year Door. This is a battle track. It's called It's Battle Time. <laughs> You guys are listening to It's Battle Time from Paper Mario The Thousand Year Door. What a fun kind of take on, obviously, the main Mario overworld theme, uh, taking it in really different directions. Will, what do you think about maybe some of the instrument choices, how they're taking that initial three-note idea and playing with it? Well, it's funny because, I mean, it's not really sacrilegious because this is the same thing. I mean, Koji Kondo's done stuff like this. I mean, you think of, um, I think he made that... uh, that remix that's in Sunshine, the sort of controversial vocal yep. one, and you know every other Mario game since has had kind of goofy techno-y arrangements of that melody. You know, it's just <laughs> it, it's one of those things. It's such a it's such an iconic piece of culture that people can just you can hint two notes to it, and everyone's kind of tracking it. And I think it's the kind of thing where they hey, Will, don't want to necessarily repeat it all the time. Well, you know what's really funny is when I was listening to the Paper Mario One soundtrack. I feel like that was the game that established some of the more obnoxious Mario, modern Mario musical techniques that you hear in a lot of uh, like boss music, like from Sunshine. Like when I listened to Paper Mario, I heard the same instruments of like that really annoying synth bass and like tambourine, something like you hear in like the the Sunshine boss. I feel like for whatever reason around this era, early 2000s, some of those techniques were established and I'm not the biggest fan of a lot of them. Well, I mean, I think it goes back to, there is kind of, I I understand why they do it. It's, It's about because that that's sort of the struggle you know i think koji kanda always played things earnestly but a lot of those older games were 2d and yeah. sort of goofier well, the problem is like that's the, my issue with game composers that compose in tongue-in-cheek is it can get annoying you know because it, there's like this self-awareness mm-hmm. to it so it's like oh well i'm doing a boss theme but this is a mario game so it's got to be goofy where koji kanda <laughs> i mean you think of the final boss in mario 64 and it's this like 
freaking epic organ shredding like insane yeah and then compare piece. that to you know the boss theme from sunshine i understand why they're doing that it's the same thing that we talked about with uh the original paper mario the idea of wanting to make something clearly you know distrustful you know it's clearly that this is like a bad guy um but not threatening but i think some of that it takes the fun out of it to me a little bit what i thought was interesting is they even did that in mario galaxy there right. were even like select pieces of music that were so different musically like not only were they not orchestral but they were almost just like they couldn't be more different from the other pieces in the game it's interesting it's one of those uh traditions definitely not started by koji kondo but it's something that it just seems like everyone assumes is like part of the mario makeup you know well i'm gonna go on a out on a limb and say it, it was you know started in the first paper mario game because really listen to that soundtrack man if you if you have if you have some time because you'd be surprised some of that stuff really starts to pop up more and more in the in the mainline series as well so that's interesting cool well we're gonna skip the first mario and luigi game for the gba but we're gonna move on to the second one for the ds this is mario and luigi partners in time and yoko shimamura is back in the series so she did pretty much every mario and luigi game these were fun games uh this like i said came out for the ds it's the second game in the series let's take a listen to a really cool track called the time machine You guys are listening to The Time Machine from Mario and Luigi Partners in Time. This is composed by Yoko Shimomura. Will, does this remind you of her work in the first Mario RPG game? Definitely the dun 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 Like, it definitely, you can tell it's um, the same mind, which I really like, because my favorite tracks from... Uh, uh, Super Mario RPG is the in the celebration which have that like Love really that. kind of polychromatic almost like I don't know like African folk music harmony the kind of thing that you get a little bit in like Yoshi's Island um, which I, I mean I do think that is one of the influences for Mario music um, it's just that very kind of poppy sunshiny harmony and pentatonic sort of melodies really good really really good cool well let's keep moving here we're going to move on to the next game we're going to be talking about today this is Super Paper Mario for the Wii wonderful game I love this game. and hey what do you know this next track is this week's track of the week. This is Flipside. Flipside is kind of the main hub of this game. And this soundtrack was composed by two great composers that work for an intel intelligence systems, Naoko Mitomi and Chika Sikagawa. 
These composers also worked on the next entry in in the uh, Paper Mario series that we're going to play out with today. But before we get to and that, I think they also at least one of them worked on uh, those Pushmo games, um, which is why this is so good. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. Great composers. This is a great theme. Very nostalgic. I had a wonderful time with this game. Lots of hours put into this. Great world. Again, wonderful writing. So, so funny. Maybe the funniest Mario game I've ever played. Uh, I might say that. So let's take a listen to Flipside from Super Paper Mario. killer track you guys are listening to Flipside from super paper mario composed by naoko mitomi and chika sikagawa this is this week's track of the week will i'm gonna let you take the reins i know you're a fan of this uh song i'm a huge fan i i don't know i i guess i just i am so inspired by sort of the liberties that they were able to take on this and how it still feels like mario you know i, I don't know it, it's like i love yoko shimamura and i really like i mean you know, the Super Mario RPG soundtrack is probably my favorite overall soundtrack of all the games we're playing today. But still, you know, there's that, that that quality of it where it's almost like a couple steps removed. It feels like, oh, well, this music do- isn't taking itself seriously. It's just goofy and fun. But something like this, like, it's really cool. It's very thoughtfully composed. I think it has a really good melody. And it's able to feel enough like Mario, but it still feels, like, musically so specific to this environment. I mean, I think this game had one of the most kind of brilliant game mechanics really of that entire generation and i think it's sad that to me it's like a little it's like a game that may have been a little bit forgotten but it's one of i think so too just the most brilliant ideas of that flipping between 2d and 3d and i mean it's like concepts like that that i think a lot of other games were inspired by i mean i know there's that game fez that sort of deals with you know flipping the world or whatever and i don't know i love this game in the combination of uh, some of the harmonic characteristics, that really great melody, that that accordion instrument, you know, it feels vaguely like Mario, but a lot of these synth colors and all those different textures, Hmm. it makes it feel so specific to this environment in this game. And there's also, Carl, I don't know if you remember, 
but in this game what happens you press the a button on the wiimote and that's when oh, everything yeah. flips I remember and there's cool things that happen to the audio it actually puts it through a little bit of this sort of filter and everything kind of sounds mm-hmm. different it's just sort of great overall God, this design. game is so brilliant yeah this there's no question this is a nine out of ten uh in my book for sure you know i was i remember reading some interesting um i, I found this quote because i remember reading this quote from ign uh, I don't agree with it, but it was kind of an interesting quote. Um, is they said in the IGN review that here's a little excerpt: a beautiful 2D platformer in an uninspired 3D one. Well, that's so stupid. I, I remember it's not that. a 3D platformer. The, it's completely a exactly. 2D sort of RPG game. And the 3D is sort of like a game mechanic. It's similar to I know. It almost feels like they didn't understand what the, what what they were going for in the game. But again, you know, like you said with the music, they took a lot of liberties. It was kind of a ballsy idea. It's a very interesting idea. Well, right. It's kind for of a game. But you know, that's what you have to do for the this series. The thing I love about it, though, it's like I really like whenever Nintendo is able to be self aware. And it's kind of making fun of the logic of 2D platformers in general. It's like, wait a minute. How come they're impeded by this wall? Does it go across forever? Why can't they just walk around it? And so it's making you think it's like, oh, no, these characters are actually only living in two dimensions. And when you flip the world, you're like going into another dimension that these other characters can't see. It's really clever. And it's kind of a cool take. It's something that it still seems that spirit of like fun and innovation still seems to be happening. I mean, you see something like Kirby's Epic Yarn or Yoshi's Woolly World, things like that, that are still kind of playing with the idea of what really is kind of a 2D platformer. Sure, absolutely. Well, let's play one more track from Super Paper Mario. This is one of the ending battle themes, I believe. This is The Ultimate Show. That is an interesting piece of music. You guys are listening to The Ultimate Show from Super Paper Mario. Love how it utilizes almost like an NES triangle bass, as well as some kind of uh, modern electronic instruments, some strings. This is a very uh, crazy piece of music. I mean, this is why it's like these guys definitely, um, one of them worked on Pushmo, because that's kind of that a little bit like foreshadowing of the technique that's used on Pushmo where it's combining NES instruments with at first like orchestral Mm -hmm. samples and in Pushmo world like actual real orchestra real like soloists and symphonic elements mixed in with 8-bit and it's like it's super natural and it's cool 
I don't know, it's something that feels perfectly Nintendo because they always kind of mm-hmm. have this nostalgic attachment to things of the past and their old ideas. And so they, they almost kind of go kicking and screaming into doing something a little bit more mm-hmm. modern. Um, but I, I like that. Well, we're going to play out today with the, the most recent entry in the Paper Mario series. But before we do that, let's focus on a couple other, a uh, few other Mario and Luigi games. So we're going to go to Mario and Luigi Bowser's Inside Story. Great soundtrack. Probably, I think, the strongest Mario and Luigi soundtrack, in my opinion. This is composed by Yoko Shimomura. Let's take a listen to a track called Grasslands All the Way. I love this one. You guys are listening to Grasslands all the way from Mario and Luigi Bowser's Inside Story. This is another Yoko composition. This is so good. I just love all the different sections. It gets a little bit more kind of Mega Man, Street Fighter 2 in this part. You know, it's just kind of a little bit different than what you hear in most Mario tracks. But then it comes back to it at the very end. Um, yeah, just just good contrast. Really well composed, thoughtful piece of music. Yeah, really just kind of sweet and fun interesting chord progression i don't necessarily associate with mario but total kind of video game stuff it actually reminds me a little bit more of like grant kirkhope or something um really cute super fun yeah i enjoy it it's great cool we're gonna play one more track from bowser's inside story this is a beautiful one some nice classical influence as well in, in this one this is waltz in the lake
You guys are listening to Waltz in the Lake from Bowser's Inside Story, composed by Yoko Shimomura. I think this is a very strong melody. You know, it's, there's a part to this melody, Will, that actually remind me a little bit of your compositional style. Um, just you know, some of the notes that she goes to. I think this is a really thoughtfully composed track. Again, I, I will say that Bowser's Inside Story, for me, is the best Mario and Luigi soundtrack. I, I wasn't really that moved by the series in general, the Mario and Luigi stuff. I, I, I didn't think it was anything uh, necessarily to write home about. Definitely, I don't think anything lives up to the original Mario RPG, but that's just me. Yeah, I really enjoy it. I kind of, I, I think I hear what you're saying, how it sort of sounds like me. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I'm so influenced by video game music that it's sort of hard to say um, where I, I don't know, where my own individual sort of style comes in and where it's just kind of a reflection of all the stuff I grew up listening to. Um, I mean, a lot of Yoko Shimomura, <laughs> to be fair. So Sure. Yeah, that's awesome. What's next? Cool. Well, now we're going to move on to the first game for the 3DS. There were two games uh, so far that have come out in the Mario & Luigi series for the 3DS. This one is called Mario & Luigi Dream Team. came out a few years ago, composed again by Yoko Shimomura. This is a cool track called Victory in the Dream World. Here we go. You guys are listening to Victory in the Dream World from Mario & Luigi Dream Team for the 3DS composed by Yoko Shimomura. You know, really not a lot I have to say on this one. I think it kind of speaks for itself. Well, again, I feel like you can tell um, that it's Yoko Shimomura. The dun, 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 she loves dun, that dun, rhythm. In just kind of how everything is harmonized in thirds. Yeah, It definitely feels like it's sort of the whole same musical world mm -hmm. um, that she started in the first entry. 
Well, this is what Will was talking about. He, what we were alluding to earlier. This game just came out. This is Mario and Luigi Paper Jam for the 3DS, kind of combining both of these subseries of RPG games together in a way. Let's take a listen to Lakitu from Paper Jam, composed by, you guessed it, folks, Yoko Shimomura. Well, guys, thanks a lot for joining us this week for our episode on Mario RPG music. We had a great time. Thanks, Alex, for not only your support, but for this suggestion. It was fun researching this series. Hopefully you enjoyed this. I know yeah, I had a good time. a lot of other um, Patreon-suggested episodes that we're yeah. really excited to get to uh, this season, hopefully. Um, yeah, we have quite yeah, a few so you guys to get look, to. You can look forward um, to many more of those. And then next week, I want to give a shout out. I am absolutely ecstatic for next week's topic. I've been waiting a long time to do it. Next week, we're doing an episode on the Etrian Odyssey series. As a lot of you know, nice. composed by Yuzo Kashiro. Wonderful scores there. So that's going to be a lot of fun for sure. A lot of great music there. Uh, we want you guys to stick around for the playout track because it's from uh, Paper Mario Sticker Star, which was composed again by those same two composers Naoko Mitomi and Chika Sigagawa uh, at Intelligent Systems. They did a great job. It's a cool track we're going to play called Sling a Thing. So stick around for that. Once again, we want to let you guys know you can follow us on Twitter at Marcado Bros. You can like us on Facebook. Feel free to head on over to iTunes. Uh, leave us a review. That really kind of helps You know, our ranking, helps more people find the show. So thanks for listening every week. You guys are the best. Uh, if you haven't seen recently, we posted our episode 200, which also was a video episode. So if you're curious, you can head on over to YouTube and you can find that video there. Uh, kind mean, of a nice nostalgic episode. On Facebook episode. and Twitter, you know, we've posted a bunch of times about it. So it should be too hard to find. Yeah. And then just the last plug I wanted to mention is uh, MegFest is coming up. When we're recording this, it's about 15 days away. And when this comes up, it'll be less than that. Uh, it's the 18th through the 21st of February. And our panel is on the 20th, which is Saturday. It's Saturday morning at 9.30 a.m. in panel two. So we're going to be doing a panel, all three of us. Uh, Marty's uh, fortunately going to be able to join us as well. A panel on the history of video game music. So if you're going to be at MegFest, check that out for sure and so stop yeah. by and say hi to us you know we're we're excited to meet you guys i mean the thing is is um yeah, i mean we went to magfest a couple of years ago but not in kind of an official capacity so mm -hmm. i mean it, it's going to be really exciting you know if any of you guys are going to magfest you know we haven't had that many opportunity to actually interact mm -hmm. in person with a lot of our fans other I mean, than our unless they fans, live yeah. yeah unless they live <laughs> in the area we know our Minnesota fans very well, but yeah, other than that, we're looking forward to that. So, all right, guys, we're going to play you out with that track from Sticker Star. My name is Carl Brueggemann. And I'm his brother, Will Brueggemann. Have a great week, everyone. Peace out. Peace out.